Welcome to the Farce FM podcast, episode one. I'm your host, Killian Vigna, and today I'm joined by Zoe Belil Springer. Today we're going to talk about just a couple of the blogs that have gone up this week. We'll uh, be learning how to deal with tricky salon staff issues, how to handle and prevent employee theft in the salon from our special guest blogger. We'll go through some uh, November salon marketing ideas you can try out for your salon. And we'll even talk about our brand new clients-only webinar, the Forest Academy Online Bookings Masterclass. So let's get started. Welcome to our exclusive to Clients Forest FM podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So this podcast is a weekly roundup of our latest marketing tips and tricks for salon owners, what's been going on in and around the forest, and what new webinars are taking place and upcoming. So the podcast is produced every morning for you to enjoy with a cup of coffee on your day off every Monday. Now let's get into the show. Hey, Gillian, how are hey, you? Hey, Zoe, how are things? Pretty good, pretty good, thanks. So, I suppose let's start off with a, a couple of the cool blogs you've thrown up this week for us now, so... Yeah, of course. Uh, well, Monday was, uh, it was a lot of um, events, actually, and, and marketing guides this week. So, Monday, I had uh, the Halloween guide going out. So, we had uh, loads of SMS uh, templates in there and graphics for you guys to use. And then, um, Wednesday, we had our guest blogger uh update us on um, how to handle sell-on employee theft. And then uh, just yesterday, actually, I released a um, uh, salon Christmas guide. Um, and it's all about like marketing content planners, uh, SMS and email templates. Uh, there's voicemail greeting scripts in there adapted for your Christmas period and such. So uh, there's a lot of content there, and it's all available for free uh, to download on the blog. So there's a toolkit up on the blog at the moment, but it's one that you use in November for preparing for Christmas then, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And then the Halloween one. So what exactly would you expect to find in that Halloween kit? Because we know it's only a couple of days left, but we still, especially in Ireland, we still have a whole week of bank holidays. So it's not essentially the weekend you're looking at. It's it's a whole week that you can kind of capitalize on that for. Definitely. Well, listen, there's like there's a few things you can do um, at this point, like two, three days before Halloween. Um, obviously, you can't throw up this huge event. There's no time for that. But no. you can definitely like throw up some contests on social media. So stuff, uh, stuff on Instagram, um, have people engage with you through Snapchat if you have Snapchat or even Facebook. Do some Facebook live uh, tutorials and, and like mm-hmm. Like, this is our makeup thing, our Halloween makeup uh, for the day. Uh, send us your best one kind of thing. Yeah, so it's all about just kind of enjoy it, I suppose, get in the mood of Halloween because just right around the corner then is Christmas. So even though it's a busy time, it's just removing that kind of seriousness and distress away from it and just, just enjoy it, guys. Like, it's that kind of the very few times in the year where you can have fun with your marketing campaigns. Yeah, exactly. It? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like the best time for it. Yeah, like we sent out a couple of tw- uh, SMS templates there to a few salon owners during the week. And we we're kind of thinking, it was like, well, is Halloween really enough to get people in? Then we're like, you know what? Just forget about it. Let's just kind of bootful and fantastic. And the salon owners got back to us and they said they absolutely loved it. And like, even though we thought there weren't, there were ones they weren't really going to use. Yeah. They, it's surprising yeah. sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Again, just like have a bit of fun with it. So um, then in the November template, uh, or the November marketing kit, Yeah. so that's live now, it's available, it's all about kind of don't leave it to the last minute, isn't it? Exactly, like it's, I mean, we are still in October, right, but technically, um, like there's so much things to do before Christmas, it's easy to feel overwhelmed, so if you start planning your marketing campaigns um, for your salon at around like Christmas, like around December, 
beginning of December, say, um, you're not like you're gonna run out of time, or you're gonna be you're, you're gonna be feeling overwhelmed with things. So it's just like it's out here now, and even if you don't exactly start pushing something out, at least you can plan over like eight weeks before Christmas, kind of thing. Yeah, and like that on the eight weeks, like we highly recommend, kind of give yourself a lot of time because it is easy to fall into a trap of your graduate, like you're quiet at one period and you're kind of thinking about your campaigns, but you'll all notice all of a sudden you're slowly getting busier and busier, and then like you said before, you realize it's December and you're gone. Oh no, I've got no campaign set out. Yeah, and you might be thinking to yourself, oh, I'm I'm too busy, I can't do this, which means my competitors aren't. Matter of fact, your competitors are. They're, they're planning like a month, two months ahead. And that's why we release this content so early. Yeah, definitely. And another thing that I want to talk about is loads of people think that um, for Christmas you should have like so many things going on. But essentially, if you focus, say, just on social media or just on this or that, like, of course, you're not going to cover everything. But the, the, the idea behind this is to focus on what do you want to achieve with your campaigns this year. So do you want to bring new customers in? Do you want uh, loyal customers to come back more often? Mm. Choose one particular thing, uh, one growth area, and then build campaigns around that so so your efforts are actually worth it in yeah. a while. Yeah. Cool. And um, so another one then... That was we talked about was the um, the upcoming webinars. So this week we actually launched online bookings masterclass. So it was the very first time we've done this one. Um, it was just purely because a lot of clients were coming to us and they understood that they needed to be begin with the online bookings, but they just weren't too sure how to go about it. And then there was that fear aspect of oh well, what happens if I start double booking and stuff like those. Yeah. So, yeah, we hosted our first webinar there this week with Danielle Mallon, who is the manager for online bookings. And a few things we talked about in that was just kind of best practices for online bookings. So talking about where you position it, how you make your call to action stand out, making your website mobile responsive, which is a very big one lately, yeah, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, the world's gone mobile. Yeah. Let, let's just not, let's just face it. Like, it's the reality. Yeah, we were at, we were at, um, we were at a, t a marketing talk there the other day. And it was actually this guy from Moz, which is a big SEO um, company. But he was saying that in the next 20 years, they reckon the browser will actually be gone. So your Internet Explorer, oh, really? your Google Chrome, your Mozilla Firefox, it'll all be gone. It's just going to be apps everywhere. So that's why we were kind of your online book and make sure your website is optimized for the mobile. And by doing that, you can like apps really help you out with that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially for trying to get younger clients, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the platforms that we had, like one platform die uh, announced to, to be dead this week. So it was what, Vine? And, Vine, um, oh, there was a lot of tears in the office yeah, this week. <laughs> but then there's other younger ones that just like Snapchat's three years old already and, and it's growing fast and young people are kind of leaving Facebook a little to yeah. go on to these new platforms because it's fresh, it's new and it's not as, there's not as much pressure on, on like having to appear nice and such. Yeah, I think like the whole catch with Snapchat is that like everyone knows if you put something up on Facebook, Facebook owns that and like that's there for the rest of your life yeah, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Where, where with Snapchat, you've got 10 seconds and like that is, that is the appeal. So it creates that sort of urgency and fear of missing out and stuff like that and you you just did a webinar on that recently didn't you yeah i kicked it off uh, about two weeks ago um it went really well people were actually loads of people had uh, the app already 
most of them weren't necessarily using it for the salon, but they kind of knew how to work around it because they use it on a like, day-to-day basis mm-hmm. for their personal use. Um, but the, the, the challenge in Snapchat is, uh, for salon owners at least, for, from what I've got, is how do you make money out of it and um, is it really worth the while? Like, and I, like, the way I, f- I feel about it um, is that Snapchat's not necessarily there to bring you at the end of the day, I don't know, a hundred quid in your salon. Mm. It's it's to build your brand awareness and that's going to stay in the long term. And that's what's going to, you know, word of mouth and, oh, the, these guys did this amazing thing on Snapchat today. Did you see that? And, oh, maybe I'll pop in for, I don't know. I, oh, that, that stylist looked really cool. Like, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll pop in for a cut later on. Or, you know, it's just, yeah, it's building awareness. Yeah, like it's easy to get caught up in the whole, well, what's the return on investment of this? What's the return on investment in that? Like, it's completely understandable. Everyone wants to know if they're going to invest money or time into something, what are they going to get returned? But with Snapchat, like, it's hard to measure the ROI on it because you're not putting money in it. Like, yes, you're putting time into it, but like you said, it's about brand awareness of getting your salon out there, getting younger clients in the door too because they love Snapchat. And also a big one then is the social authority as well. Yeah, for sure. So, like your followers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, by getting people following you on Snapchat, it's going to be more engagement. And those guys can actually send you uh, images as well. So, you can start conversing. I think you actually had a couple of conversations with people on (laughs) Snapchat this week. Yeah, following the Snapchat webinar, I had a few conversations uh, either by, like, photo exchange or even just the chat box itself yeah. and I mean it's fun and it's just a different way it's it's just you need to adapt to the new technologies and the ones that are leaving slowly mm. like yeah it's not even a case of invest a ton of time it's just just try things out yeah and See if, it, if works, it works it works for you. if yeah. it doesn't work for you and it's not your audience then hey you've put what a week of time into it and you're not into it well then stop it it's fine yeah we're no not in the, we're no not in the madman yeah. days anymore where you spend exactly. millions on advertisements <laughs> yeah cool so um i suppose then we will just finish up then with um our special guest uh special guest blogger so our special guest blogger today is michelle bulger and michelle bulger is the um she's the employ- employment law consultant at esa consultants and why we had her um, do some guest blogs first was because it's kind of a hot topic recently, especially with coming up to Christmas. There's a lot of parties and people are going out drinking a lot, like your yeah. staff. So it's a case of um, how to deal with tricky salon staff issues. And then yeah, up so Christmas. like someone who, I don't know, goes out at night and then gets drunk, posts a picture on Facebook, but then you as a salon owner saw this and oh, say next day calls in sick what can you do about this? It's And, like, it was just um, interesting to get an HR point of view from this, so, like, a, a, like authority point of view on this. Yeah, because it's a real sort of... It is... Um, it's a touchy sort of, sort of subject, so... Exactly, yeah. We said for this one it was best to kind of get the expert advice here. Yeah. And then we also talked about... Uh, Michelle also wrote a, blo- a blog about um, how to handle uh, theft in your salon, Um Unfortunately, it's, it is a pain point in, mm. in small businesses, especially. Um, people steal, and so what, you, what can you do about it? How can you prevent it? And uh, she, was, she gave loads of useful tips for, uh, for Salon. So I um, actually have her on the line right now. So uh, let's Cool. Begin. Yeah, let's, uh, let's find out. Hi, Zoe. Hi, how are you? Hi, it's Michelle. How are you? 
Pretty good, thanks. Uh, so I'm joined by Killian here, and uh, he's our host for the day, and uh, he has a few questions for you. Yeah, go for it. Cool, yeah. So, um, like I said, Michelle Bulger, she's the Employment Law Consultant at ESA Consultant. So I suppose if you could just start off a little bit of your background, of what exactly you take care of, and how we kind of came about these blogs then. like law. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I suppose uh, this started out because there was a, a gap in the market for a lot of small to medium businesses who were thriving and doing very well because their owners had a skill set. In the case of, of um, a lot of salons, obviously you have someone who has a talent for hairdressing or beauticians. Um, but might not necessarily have a HR background or employment law background. Exactly, right. yeah. They're, and they're so good at their jobs, <laughs> the business takes off and thrives. <laughs> um, they hire lots of staff, everybody's very happy, you know. Um, and it's just math that eventually you're going to hire a member of staff and you're going to have problems. And what happens then for a lot of employers um, in these small, smaller enterprises is that they don't have the funds necessarily to pump you know, 40, 50 grand into a HR department. They don't need it. But they do need some kind of support in terms of contracts, handbooks, um, any kind of issues from, um, you know, what do I have to pay yeah. for public holidays to I have an employee stealing, what do I do? Right, yeah. so policies so, and such. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we saw an opportunity and we thought, okay, um, this is something a lot of people are talking about that they need. Um maybe we can provide that for them and it, we've been very successful in that area since so we don't have a kind of um, a, a one one system fits all you know it really is up to the, the salon owner or the hairdresser to come to us and say look this is my ethos this is the environment I want you know this is what I need and whether that be contracts and handbooks or whether that be um, I just got a solicitor's letter in and an employee is taking me to court over unfair dismissal, maternity leave, redundancy, we'll handle all of that for them. Yeah, and like I suppose like I was just saying to Zoe, the reason we brought you on, or called you today to talk about these blogs is because especially with coming up to Christmas where you've got a lot of staff would they tend to kind of go out drinking and partying a lot more at the weekends oh, and God, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, so like we all see it ourselves. You go out. Like, <laughs> and like pretty much everyone has been in that situation where they've gone out yeah. and the friends be oh just stay just stay and you go well, I can't I've got work the next day but then there is always that one friend who's like that one extra part yeah yeah <laughs> who's just had the few money he's like oh, oh I'll just call in sick you're not doing peer pressure are you I didn't want to it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like, like it's something we can laugh and joke about now but like it, it does it, it comes at an expense to the salon owner the Christmas parties to drink and fallen into um, a glass table um, and they're you know looking for compensation um, to one of the managers got you know overly touchily with um, another member of staff how do we handle that you know there hasn't been an issue in the salon but obviously with some drink on them different yeah. things have happened 
Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a huge issue every year for employers. But there are some very simple steps that you can take to control it. So if we talk about um, the say like the Facebook image, it's been posted, and then the employer calls uh, the employee uh, calls in sick the next day. What what's yeah. this? What's the manager's option? Okay, so for the manager, essentially, you have what the scenario that we're looking at is where someone hasn't said to a manager, "Look, I'm going out. You know, can I have that day off?" So they've given the manager in the salon no notice that they're not going to be able to work that day. Right. So they've been rostered as per normal to show up and do their job. Um, the manager probably comes in and has gotten some kind of garbly text message saying, I'm not able to come in today, I'll call you later. Has no idea what's happened until, you know, the, the salon kind of warms up and they find out that everybody's looking at this Facebook picture of the employee up at whatever hour, knocking back Jager bombs, having the time of their life. <laughs> so... What the employer can do, what the manager is going to do then, is first of all, a lot of employers are under the, the misapprehension that because it's Facebook that it's somehow private and they're not allowed to act on that. But the nature of Facebook is that you're publishing something essentially to the world. Yeah, and so, like we were saying earlier, like the whole kind of, you know now that once you put something up on Facebook, everyone is going to get it. Like Facebook owned that. There's no yeah. hiding, no deleting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so can you as a manager act on that? Yes. Okay, if, if, if it's been put up for public consumption and you're able to, to access it, yes. What I would recommend employers to do at that point is to take some kind of a, um, a picture of it. Right. Um, so that they have it for later because obviously these Facebook posts can be taken down and that kind of thing, but you might need to rely on it at a later date. And would you, you'd need to highlight the kind of the timestamp of it as well, would you? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get to, when, when we're dealing with HR, what I always say to people, and I, I don't mean to dilute the, the seriousness of it, but think more to Judge Judy as opposed to, you know, law and order. Yeah. In that we're going more on reasonableness and, you know, you're not expected to suddenly be to a barrister's standard. So if you print something off or you take a picture of something and you don't have a date and time stamp on it, it's okay for you to sign the back of that with the date and time on it. You, know, okay. you don't have to have two witnesses and CCTV covering you and all that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. But do make a note of it. So there is a bit of kind of leeway in how you go about this process. Yeah, yeah. It's reasonable. You have to be reasonable and, and fair to the employee and to yourself. Should you have a, a certain policy explained beforehand, uh, before actually um, taking measures against that employee? Or if it happens, it happens and you can get dis uh, disciplined for it? Well... I know in Ireland, and it would be the same in England. You are you are required to have um, you know your your terms of employment and um, policies set out, such as bullying grievance policies and, and your disciplinary policies. Mm -hmm. um, the best way I could explain it is: if you go into a shop and you want to return something and you don't have a receipt, you know that you're not going to have the best of luck in returning that item. Yeah, that item. you're almost setting yourself up for failure there. Exactly. So it's the same with an employer. If you're not going to get the documentation in place, the basic documentation in place, it's very hard then to retrospectively discipline someone or deal with the matter because they can say, well, I didn't know that that was going to be that type of issue. I didn't know that that constituted gross misconduct. You know, and maybe the action that you wanted to take, you're not going to be able to take. Yeah. So I, in, an, in an ideal world, and yes, by law, you are required to have a contract and terms of employment, does it mean if you don't that you absolutely can't do anything? No. But you're going to have to take baby steps in approaching it. 
So for the salon owner who doesn't have any documentation in, and, you know, Silly Sally has put up a picture on Facebook, mm-hmm. and, you know, the salon manager is thinking, I'm going to tear her to shreds. <laughs> what I would say is, deep breath, deep breath, okay? Giving time for anyone is, is not worth it. What you're going to do is wait until Silly Sally comes back in, because there's no point in dealing with her while she has a hangover or she's out. Yeah, it's just going over the head. Yeah, when she comes back in, if you do not have documentation in place, what I would suggest firstly is call her into a meeting, somewhere private. You know, I, I, I get a lot of employers saying to me, well, I said it to her, where? Well, we were out on the floor. Or, well, it was just the two of us doing nails at the time, and yeah, well, the receptionist was there. That's not okay. Yeah. Nobody wants to have that conversation. You know, be respectful to the employee. Yes, they might have done something wrong, but be respectful to their rights as well. You know, um, so take them away somewhere private and say to them, look, what happened? Give them an opportunity to explain. It has happened in the past that we've had situations where an employee will say, look, I'm really sorry, but I found out yesterday at whatever o'clock that um, my brother had died and I just didn't know what to do. You know, I was all over the place. I ended up going out and, and having far too many drinks and I'm sorry. Yeah, it's one of those spur of the moment sort of. Sorry, what? And I'm sure everyone's going to remember that. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think I heard that right. <laughs> but essentially, if you go up, um, if you even want to um, Google best practice, or if you want to contact a HR company like ourselves, we can set that out for you. But I think if I was to go through those steps now, it would be a lot to take on board. Be very yeah, heavy. Yeah. It, it's kind of a little bit heavy for someone who hasn't done it before. It's a little bit heavy. Right. So, so Michelle, would these kind of these principles and practice would they kind of go hand in hand with? Um, so, if you if you find an employee that was stealing, or you know, the whole case of taking a product yeah. home here and there, uh, it yeah. doesn't even have to be cash. So, would it be the same sort of uh, process that you'd go through, or? Well, yeah. I mean, I would. I would say if somebody's taking um, product or cash, you know, remember what you're about to accuse them of, and that is theft. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very, very serious allegation. And I know for a lot of um, a lot of managers in, in salons and that kind of thing, they happen to be the owners as well. And they've really worked hard to get the business 
where it's at. So it's it's a it's a you know it's a really bad punch to the stomach when they find out that someone's taking product or taking money. Yeah, in, in much more of a way than it would be if you were hired to be a manager. You know, there's a there's a disconnect there to a certain level. Uh, but when someone is taking product or or taking money, you are about to accuse them of theft. So you have to be very very careful in in how you proceed. This isn't something to you know accuse someone of willy nilly. Would you recommend? Would you recommend? Uh, would you recommend a salon like if if a salon owner was suspecting an employee of, of stealing, right? Would you recommend them going to an HR company for advice first? Well, what I'd say is even before you pick up the phone for HR, do everything that you can do in house, right, to try and identify who you think the person is and when it's happening. Okay. okay. Um, now I know, for example, um, your software has um, has a, has an option on it for um, petty cash and deducting stock and that kind of thing. So maybe if people aren't using your software, pro- I don't want to say properly, but using all the elements of your software, it might be the first port of call to look at to see if they control it. Mm-hmm. If they can control it that way, first of all, you know, look at the rosters, start um, start doing more spot checks, that kind of thing. To, to really narrow down on who you think it is, right? And and I suppose you, know? you can, and I suppose you can jump in in the salon without giving notice of oh I'll, I'll be yeah. back around lunch or something oh, without giving yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I think uh, I've spoken to a lot of area managers and things like that over the years, and they'd say to me, yeah, I don't know how they knew I was coming, and I'd say, yeah, but you know, the store that's twenty minutes away, you told them to to contact you there about an issue. You know, when you find out where such and such is call me, I'm going to be at the, let's say, Blanchardstown store yeah. after lunch. You know, of yeah. course they're going to tell their colleagues, by the way, bosses on the way. You know, so be very careful of, of what you're saying and then who you're saying it to. Also, be super careful around CCTV. Your employees have a right to know that there's CCTV in and around their place of work. Right. They also have a right to know what the purpose of that is. And you have to, have to, have to, there's no option around it, you have to have something in writing to say to them that you may use that CCTV to conduct internal investigations. So even if you have lovely signs dotted all around saying there's CCTV operation in place, even if you have it in their contract saying we use CCTV, but you don't specifically state that you will use that CCTV for disciplinary or internal investigations, you can't use it. So this is something you're better off getting them to agree on, agree with pretty much on their first day of employment, does it? Exactly. That should yeah. be in your contract or in your handbook. Okay. You know, so that should be part of your induction process. Yeah. I have an awful lot of employers who come to me who say, oh, I'm after catching them doing you know, X, Y, and Z, and I have the CCTV. And when I check their documentation, either they have none or they have, they have this um, lovely CCTV policy, but it doesn't say that it can be used for internal investigations. And I have to say we can't use it. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Do you get me? We absolutely, yeah. we can't use it. We can't use it going forward. And that causes a lot of aggravation. As you can imagine, as an employer, you know someone's stealing from you and you have to put up with it until you kind of get your ducks lined in a row again. Very, yeah. very frustrating. And it's something that would easily slip your mind too, but it'd still come back and bite you. Um, Michelle, I just there was you said there earlier about you have to be very careful about because you're dealing with theft and you're going to accuse them of theft. I just wanted like one sort of real life scenario. Say you've got Mary who's been working with you for the last five years, and Mary is an absolute doll to say uh, a pleasure to work with. But you just 
you know is you noticed or another member of staff came to you one day and said, Did you know Mary's after taking a product? So right there and then, do you approach Mary straight away or because I know a lot of people would be inclined to, oh I really like Mary, Mary's nice, so I might just hold back and kinda maybe see if another product or two has disappeared or are you better off just act on it straight away? Okay. So in that particular scenario what you have to decide is do you remember at the beginning of the conversation I said fair and reasonable? Yeah. You know, they are your two guiding principles in everything that you do in HR, you know, in this country especially. Fair and reasonable. So if you are going to treat one employee in a certain way in connection to the taking of product, you have to be prepared to treat everybody like that. And it doesn't matter if Mary has been to your child's christening or, you know, she started, she was your first employee, you know, she always shows up on time. You have to treat her the same way you do everyone else. So if someone comes to you and says, look, I think Mary's been taking product, uh, you know, and a good bit of product at home and she's doing stuff on the side. The first thing I'd say to that member of staff is, okay, I need you to put that in writing for me. Now, if the member of staff refuses, you have the option to say to them that, right, if, if you're refusing to put it down for me, then I have to drop it. Yeah, okay. Because you're either prepared to say it or not say it. Without it, you don't have a leg like, stand on as well like you know ideally you want to say for when was the last time you saw her taking it and what product was it so that hopefully you'll be able to go back and see from your stocks does it look a little light compared to what it should be on on the you know the software you know but that statement is really important you know there's no point you can't just go up to mary and go someone's after telling i mean imagine if a guard came up to you and said someone has said that you took something from the spar okay when did i take it i can't tell you that yeah. Who said it? I can't tell you that. Um, what did I take? I can't tell you that. You know, if you wouldn't accept it yourself, don't expect your employees to do it. You know? Um, so be as sure as you can about what the issues are. Now, maybe Mary is a brilliant employee. You just want to call everyone into the office and say, look, I need to make it very clear what our policy is in relation to taking product. And set it out. And just draw a line in the sand and say, this is what it is in case anyone's unsure. And going forward, if I find people are taking it without permission, there will be disciplinary action. And it can be you tough, know? but like you have to. At the end of the day, it's your salon or your profit, so you have to be firm mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people don't want to go. Look, no one wants to waste their time doing disciplinary. And when you're dealing with, I mean, one of the reasons ESA, I suppose, became popular was because it's very hard to discipline people when you're in an operation that might be 10 to 20 staff and you see each other every day and you talk to each other every day and you know you're very involved in each other's personal lives just in terms of talking about it every day yeah you're almost on a friendship level like yeah yeah you know it's very hard to draw a line then and say i'm gonna have to discipline you which is where you know a a company like esa or any of the other hr companies can come in because we're independent we don't work with them so i suppose we can be a little bit clinical in that we can come in we can do what needs to be done in a balanced way and then we get to leave so I suppose we do the the nastier element of it but at least we can protect everybody's rights in it exactly and make sure that it's done you know Um, plus you get to blame us and say those horrible people at ESA did it and it's always nice to have someone else to blame yeah you know (laughs) but it is nice to have someone else to blame it just is you know that's human Um, so with regard to Mary you can go that way you can just go very gently gently or you can escalate it all the way up get the statement from the employee and go down the disciplinary route yeah so i suppose our key takeaways here then even between the two blogs is 
treat all your employees the same. It doesn't matter if it's Mary, who you love, who's been there five years, or if it's someone yeah. that you don't really get on with, who's only kind of new in the door. Treat them all fairly. Do it in private. Don't do it in front of your staff, your disciplinary. And yeah. make sure any employee that does report fraud or theft agrees to write it down for you. Yeah. And Get your details. Yeah. You know, the devil is in the details. So make sure you're, you're really getting down dates, times, anything like that that you can. And if you're not sure, if you're not sure, just have a conversation with them. You know, take notes of the conversation, get them to, get them to sign it, and then maybe go to someone like ESA or something like that for further information. Don't jump in and make accusations. It's kind of harder to paddle back then. Keep a level head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well listen Michelle it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the phone and like th those insights were absolutely fantastic I, I know like even us we don't run a salon and we found yeah. that very informative so definitely yeah listen oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. and you presented it in a brilliant way don't worry <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million. And we wish you all the best. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, yeah, on that note... <laughs> that, was, uh, that was really insightful. That was amazing. I was actually, like, I went quiet at a few times because I was just kind of taken aback from it there. Like, it is, it's just those small things. Because yeah. you're, like, it is, I suppose it is easy to kind of go she lied to me or he lied to me or he's stealing and I just literally lose the lid and jump straight into it. Yeah. But yeah, just keep a level head, treat everyone, I suppose treat them like how you want to be treated. Exactly. Like it's just, it's just a matter of, of being respectful at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. So guys, that's all we have time for now today. Um, uh, don't forget you can find your Halloween toolkit online you can find your November toolkit and I advise you to act on that now because like we said don't stress about Christmas you've got you've still got four weeks if you start planning your marketing today and then we have those great notes from Michelle um, and it's all available on the forest blog so www.forest.com forward slash blog I'm your host, Killian Vigna, and today we're joined by Zoe Belial Springer. She's been saying it all day. It's just a tough one. But, um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>